This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, girl? Hello, hello, hello. So you sound fine. I sound like I literally can't breathe out of my nostrils. <laughs> so I told, I was talking to somebody last week, Ella, because I work in a, a news station, right? And so I'm around people who are always getting sick. But this year, for some reason, I was able to avoid the flu. And I was thinking I was going to be able to avoid this, like, Thing, You're out like, of the woods. Yeah, cold thing that was going around. Next week, there we go. Now I have this dang like congestion and like nasal situation. So um, <laughs> just like if you if you think you're gonna avoid it, just like go with the flow and don't say it. Because then every single time, I don't know about you guys, but I always jinx myself. Jinx. So. Yep. Yep. So what were you up to this week? Well, anything crazy? Kayla, NFL free agency has my mind blown. Let's be honest. I know. I saw you put a tweet up. Mind blown. It's just you chaos. Put a tweet up about the Raiders. Well, specifically. <laughs> you want to get me on my soapbox about the Raiders? I don't think you want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I'm I'm guessing that your winner of the week is going to have to do with free agency. I'm just guessing. Yeah. You know, I was I've been thinking about my winner of the week all week. I feel like. Mm-hmm. I was struggling this week, to be honest, because I, and I feel like in free agents, in NFL free agency, there's always the complaint, oh, they got paid stupid money, they got paid stupid money, which they did, but are you really ever going to turn around and say, wow, $66 million, he deserves that. Yeah, no, I mean. Do you know what I mean? It's a whole nother world. Yeah. You know? Like, 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 like Nick Foles, $88 million is stupid money, but. He's a Super Bowl MVP. Right, right. Okay, sorry. Time out really quick, guys. If you hear, <laughs> I pep talk my dogs every single time that I do this oh, podcast. Okay? She does. It's amazing. And guess it didn't work because old man champ back there is barking <laughs> at something. <laughs> I don't know what, so don't mind that. She does, she does pep talk them. I yeah. wish I could record it. I don't think it's, I don't think it's all appropriate. It's not appropriate for this podcast, but uh, yeah, sorry. I needed to point that out that it's not me making weird sounds. Barking. That's my black lab champ Bailey back there. So, okay, move on. Sorry. (laughs) Yes. Move on. Stupid Stupid money. money. Free agency. Man, money that I can't even think about because like in the news business, Ella, you know this in sports in general, like. Yeah. I've never even thought about what I get paid because it's nothing. <laughs> so it's like right. to even right. think about like this money to them, like they're opposite of us. Like they've 
really these big time names or just the names that have always gotten paid, like they're just used to getting paid, right? So they're always wanting more money because just that's right. what they expect. More and more and more, right. So like my winner right. of the week, while I'm just like, I mean, the Raiders are going to, I don't know what's going to happen with them, but like my winner of the week has to be Antonio Brown because he won. Like he won. He won between yeah. the Pittsburgh Steelers and himself. He yeah. won. Because he he's he did win. He won he won, personally. I, he won personally. I don't think he's in a he's not in a no, situation. He, yeah, he, he I mean That's he's going to the sure. Raiders which are still trying to figure out what the heck Congratulations. they're doing. Congratulations. Yeah, like that's what I was saying. I said this to my dad. I said, it's not like they were one skill position away from going all the way. No. Not it's at not all. like he was their the missing piece that was just going to put them over the edge. They have Derek Carr, which is unfortunate. Yeah. I mean which, he's god awful. They have no good. one protecting him. Nope. So I mean, yeah, you could be the best wide receiver in the league, but you're not set up in a position to win, that's for sure. They don't even know where they're playing next year. Can we be honest? I mean, give me a break. Then they don't have a they don't have a defense at all. It's shocking to me because John Gruden is, you know, we've all looked at him as being a whisperer when it comes to, you know, especially quarterbacks, I guess you could say. But um, just in general, though, like everybody when he was on Monday Night Football for so, you know, and doing TV for so long at ESPN, everybody was like, couldn't wait till he like got back into coaching, right? Right. And Made his now he's in coaching and I'm, I'm not going to just say like he's been, he, it's been a year, okay? I'm not just going to base his, right, right. his product on a year. But at the same time, like some of the moves they've made I've questioned. I, it, like his first move yeah, of getting rid of the Yeah. 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 It just... But you know, Antonio Brown, he's getting a brand new three-year deal worth fifty million. Thirty million of that is guaranteed, Ella. Right. You know, the the Raiders traded him for a fifth and third round pick. Oh my it was like what for is nothing. That? What for is nothing. That? It just it showed though how bad Pittsburgh just was like, get it over with. Yeah, so the lo- the losers of the week are the Steelers. Are the Steelers. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're definitely the Steelers. Um <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, I mean, AB definitely won. He definitely won, but I don't know what kind of numbers he's going to be putting up with a quarterback you can't complete a pass and you know has no protection back there. But it is what yeah. it is. I guess they'll be selling tickets if that was what they were trying to do. They definitely won there. Well, they'll do that because people be on are going to want to come. Yeah, right. come see Antonio Brown. He's I think already- it's going to be toxic. I think it's going to be toxic if we're being honest, because even the you know that national. In- interview he did a few weeks ago he talked about oh I don't need the game anymore I don't even need it you know if a team wants me they're gonna play by my rules so yeah the Raiders the Raiders aren't a winning team there's no one there that even deserves to have to step up and have a voice in that locker room so you know he's gonna come in and make it the Antonio Brown show and I don't know how that's gonna go yeah and if Derek Carr can't complete passes to him guess who the first person to blame is Derek Carr yep and when you yeah. don't have your quarterback and your receivers on the same page, they're a, they're a unit together. Yep. I mean, they got to know each other. They've got to be on the same page as one another. And if you don't have that and something just little snaps, I just feel like with Antonio Brown, we've seen it. it it's not repairable. Mm-mm. He doesn't mm-hmm. care for it to be repairable. 
and he has no problem running his mouth. He has no problem going to the media. Whether you agree with that or not, that's his style, and that's what he's going to do. So right. could get messy. I don't know. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Well, People are saying Mike Mayock, you know, is off to a great start as a GM. All right, you got Antonio Brown, but you got a lot of work to do, buddy. I don't. I don't think you can call him a success just yet. He doesn't play on defense and he doesn't throw the ball. So, yeah, uh, you know, exactly. until you get some other things ar- around the, the team, I'm not going to yeah. say they're, they're yep. a shoe in. Yep. So I know their odds are better now <laughs> sure. to win, to go to the Super Bowl. I saw the odds or something. They yeah. improved, but we'll see what happens. Um, so was that your, who was your, was that your winner too? Was that your winner of the week? Uh, I was really struggling with this. I mean, is it Nick Foles? Is it, I don't know, I was, I was really, I mean, because look, Nick Foles, we kind of already knew he was going to Jacksonville, $88 million. (laughs) I'm excited to have him, I mean, now I'm excited to have him in the AFC South, because I'm going to be able to watch him, and it's a really good place for him to be. You think of where some uh, free agent quarterbacks went last year, Kirk Cousins to the Vikings, Case Keenum to the Broncos, Alex Smith to the Redskins. The Case Keenum to the Broncos wasn't the ideal situation for him or for the Broncos. I like Nick Foles in Jacksonville. I think yeah, that I could really work. And that yeah. it, I think both sides are winners actually in this situation because it buys the, ja- the Jaguars a few more years to build. They don't have to go out and draft a quarterback now. Which yeah, no, I, I totally. They agree. definitely were going to have to do that this year if they still had Blake Bortles. Oh God, I'm just so glad I don't have to see him play anymore. <laughs> Covering the Titans, you know, we see Jackson right, play twice right. a year. Right. Oh God, I hated Blake Bortles. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. So mean of me to say, but well, like he's awful. You can watch Nikki Foles now. Baby. I know. I'm such a big fan. I told you that. Um, you know, I covered. Arizona, University of Arizona for right. two years along my career path. Nick Foles is like a god there. Oh, yeah. You know, because he played there. Yep. And um, he'd come back all the time for games. We got an interview with him one time. He's like the coolest guy. Just oh, stand-up so guy. so down to earth. You would yeah. never even know that he's a quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, so I always root for Nick Foles. So I'm excited to see him uh, in the AFC South. Let's shift gears a little bit, though, because this week we're bringing it back to – some hockey talk. Yep. Some hockey talk. Hockey talk. Hockey talk. Um, <laughs> it is, we are gearing up for the playoffs. Man, they are right around the corner, and March is definitely the time where teams need to heat up if they want to, I guess, have that momentum going into the playoffs, which I personally think is a huge thing. But this week is a little bit different when we bring in our guests. Um, she definitely is going to talk hockey, but in kind of a non-traditional way, if I must say, right? Yeah, that's I'm really excited for this one because I feel like it's something we haven't done yet. It's kind of just taken sports. You know, this is our job, so and we do take it very seriously, but sometimes it's good just it is sports. You know, we're not finding a cure for cancer, let's be honest. And yeah, it is fun I wish and we were, right? It is fun and that's how it should be. And that's what I love about our next guest because that's what it's all about. It's just kind of the fun of the game and the fan perspective. Well, listeners, you are in for a treat today. We welcome in a woman who holds many titles. She is a sport 
anthropologist, social media influencer, and you probably know her for her hilarious NHL videos. Welcome into the podcast, Jillian Fisher. What's up? Hello. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming on. You are somebody who is very hard to probably nail down right now, so we appreciate you coming on the podcast and taking time. Yeah, thank you. It's, I don't mean to be like the person that's hard to nail down, but it's just been kind of this new world yeah. for me. Like where I'm, I'm not, I wasn't prepared for it. I don't think because I, you know, I've been out there in the social media world for like three, three and a half years trying to find a, a good niche. Sure. And so when it finally like explodes, it was like, whoa! I was not expecting this. Not nothing, this. nothing has quite stuck yet. So it was really cool to see it, but a little overwhelming. <laughs> yeah, no. And you know what? That's life. And that's why we love it so much because you just never know when that's going to happen. Um, first of all, since you hold so many titles, tell us in a sentence or two, the best way to describe you and how it ties into the world of sports. Um, the fan culture and the fan aspect mm-hmm. of sports and sports fandom. Yep. Uh, that's kind of my niche. I love looking at the fan perspective. It's just sports beyond the stats and what's going on in the game. Well, Jillian, let's go back a little bit. Where are you originally from and have you always been interested in sports or was there a moment that shaped your path into this business? Yeah, so I'm originally from Philadelphia, and I think... Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. Wow. We've got a lot of Philly people on here. Yeah. Love it. So I'm I, from Philly. They, oh, you're from Philly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Philly. <laughs> um, but I think that shapes a lot of how I got really interested into the fan perspective. I grew up playing sports. I, was, I played soccer. I played on the Olympic development team. Like, I've always been a sports, uh, like an athlete, and my brothers all played hockey, so I grew up going to the rink, you know, we called it the pond. It was like this little barn with a rink in it. And so it sports were always a part of my life. We went to a lot of the AHL games, the Phantoms when they were there. Phantoms. So I don't know if there was ever like this defining moment of like, I am a sports fan, but I remember <laughs> traveling and I, I think I've talked about it a lot now, but I remember traveling and like the first time I learned that Philly fans had a reputation and being like, I just thought we were cool. You know, they're my right, people. Right. <laughs> and I had no idea that like the rest of the world hated us. So it was like right. this realization. And I just always found it fascinating from then forward of like how each fan base has this kind of personality or persona. And when I was in college, I ended up studying anthropology by accident, really. And I made this really great relationship with my professor. And I remember going to her one day and being like, I want to study this, but I don't know what the heck I'm going to do with it. And she was like, that's okay. And I just remember being like, how could you be so blasé about that? (laughs) Um, And I just said to her, I was like, can I study sports? And she said, sure, why not? And that, I think that was the defining moment of like me kicking off and like trying to find a way in the sports industry that was a little bit different because it was my passion. And I just remember her being that motivating factor of like, I just never forget. She was like, just do it. And I'm like, what do you mean? Just do it. And she was like, you have everything you need. Just go and do it. So I went and I did it. And here I am today. (laughs) I I love that because what's so cool about your job, Jillian, is you're your own boss, Um, you know, traveling and exploring different sports cultures, like you said, what made you decide to go that non-traditional route? And like, what were the, I guess, humps and, you know, like going over the humps and then finding, you know, maybe a flat path. And I mean, I'm sure there's twists and turns all along that path. Yeah. Oh gosh. It Thinking about it is just like, it's crazy to me. So the reason I really wanted to get into it is I really wanted to tell fan stories. I thought fans have this 
amazing passion that like when you think about storytelling and what's interesting, I thought this would be this really great route. And I know people are really interested in food and culture. And I saw all these food and travel shows. And I was like, I want to do that. Sports have this really unique spot in our culture. And I just also think sports are amazing. They're universal. It's this universal language. And I just thought that was cool that no matter where I went, I was able to have a conversation with somebody. Like I lived in Spain and I could barely speak Spanish when I first got there. And we found ways to communicate through talking about sports. So I always found it super fascinating. And when I first started doing it, I had no freaking clue what I was doing. I did everything wrong, which is like, good. You know, I made all my mistakes. I, I filmed, I got too much footage and I didn't start editing it. And I ended up overwhelmed and I wasn't sure what to do. And I got very lucky when I was traveling that I made the right connections. And I ended up doing a lot of consulting when I was doing this. Uh And I was like, technically, like people were thinking I was probably living the dream, you know, traveling to sporting events, gathering, you know, footage for people to own. And I was doing research for um, uh, a university in Australia. And I was, you know, doing all this cool stuff. But then it sort of got like to a point where I stopped enjoying going to sporting events because I was working so much and I wasn't doing what I loved anymore. It turned into something else. And I was like, you know what, how is there another way for me to capture the fan voice that isn't as stressful and that still allows me to talk on fan culture? And then that's where these videos kind of came from is that like the humorous side. And I still feel like I'm tapping into that fan voice and I'm still doing like the boring term is like the ethnographic research where you're trying to like get the fan voice and understand their voice. And I'm doing it just in a different way. Honestly, I love that you started off earlier by talking about growing up in Philly, how that kind of (laughs) shaped your idea of fandom, because I say that all the time. I feel like growing up in that city made me fall in love with sports. And people don't understand that because they just have that outsider's perspective of what Philly fans are like. But once you experience it, it's totally yeah. different, I feel like. Than, <laughs> yeah. It's crazy, obviously, absolutely. Yeah. But that's what makes it great, isn't it? And I I think that also has kind of shaped my opinion on like, you can find bad fans everywhere. Like absolutely. every fan base absolutely. has bad fans. And I always say like, throughout my travels, I've seen bad things everywhere I went. And I, like, I my, my unpopular sports opinion, which I like, I can't fully say because people are always like, well, you're biased. And I'm just like, Philly gets a worse rep than it deserves. Yeah. That's yeah. my that's yeah. my unpopular opinion. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I always get the, oh, you throw snowballs at Santa. Oh my god! like, that happened before my parents were born. That doesn't I know. I'm like, that's literally over half a century. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> any new material. <laughs> right? But anyway, you touched on your NHL videos, which we're going to get to yeah. in a second. You talked yeah. about growing up watching your brothers play hockey. Is that what drew you to the sport of hockey initially? I feel like in this business as women, there's always that one sport that, you know, our heart really yearns for. Yeah. And I think the the hardest thing is that I wanted to play when I Me was too. younger. Me and, too. <laughs> yeah, so like, but you get what I'm saying is where yes. it's like my parents, I jumped from sport, you know, soccer was my main sport, but I played every sport. I, yeah. You name a sport, I played it. And I got bored of sport, like, you know, the only sport again I stuck with was soccer and I got bored of the rest of them. My parents didn't want to pay for all the equipment yeah. and there was no real like women's league. Yeah. There was no, and there was no career. Like, you know, with soccer, there was at least something maybe. Yep. And so that's, what's so cool for me to see nowadays is like all these young girls have these role models and there's an actual league. There's two leagues that, you know, girls yeah. can grow up and play in. And that's a shame because like that's I would have loved to have that when I was a kid because I think as my parents, it might have been easier to fork over the money because hockey is not incredibly accessible for everybody. Nope. 
mm-hmm. with the equipment cost, ice time, all that. So especially in the South too, where ice time is more expensive. Sure. Um, but the, it, hockey was always the sport in my household that really was on the most. You know, we watched football, we watched baseball, we watched basketball, but like hockey was always the sport. My mom is a huge hockey fan. Like we just filmed a video with her. So I'm like still editing I that. <laughs> but um, she, you know, she would stay up and watch all of the overtimes and the playoffs and we would do that. So I think that's where hockey really developed that special place for me. And I never, since I never really played it officially, I think it also didn't ruin the sport because I always say like soccer sometimes kind of got ruined for me because it's sure. so competitive. And so, you know, it was just so much soccer 24 seven. So that's how it came to be hockey really for me. I love that, that you said, you know, you did when you were younger, wanted to play. Cause I have a similar background, Jillian. I grew up in Spokane, Washington, and I grew up with the WHL team, um, Spokane chiefs. And at the time, um, when I was growing up, Mike Babcock was the, um, coach there. Oh, wow. Yeah. And my, Spokane is actually really known. The chiefs have been pretty successful in the WHL, uh, which is ultra competitive over there in the Northwest and Canada. But um, when I was growing up, I always would go to these games and I wanted to play as a kid and I would beg my parents, but they, like you said, there just wasn't that access as, as a, I guess, yeah. a, a girl at the time. Yeah. So my brother ended up, of course, being on skate since he was yep. three. Um, but, you know, I <laughs> oh, followed yeah. his career path and he was on a traveling team for many years. Oh, and wow, so, that's awesome. Yeah. So I fell in love with it kind of the same way that you did too, but I still like we're, I always wonder, like, what if I were to play, you know? like Yeah, no, like, exactly. What if? It's the big yeah. what if there. Exactly. Um, so, Jillian, I found out about you just through, obviously, the sport. And one day I came across one of your vid- videos on Twitter. It was shortly after the National Predators were catching some flack for hanging up their regular oh, yes. season Western <laughs> Conference <laughs> champion. Winner. Yes. Um, oh, yes. How much fuel did this give you to create this video? And this thing blew up. I mean, it was like yeah. hilarious. It's the that, best. Yeah, it was a little overwhelming. <laughs> so that the the funny thing is, that, like, I actually defended the banner yep, that yep. they raised just yep. because you know it's an eighty-two game season. What you do in that is impressive, and you know everyone has their opinions. I really was just trying to find something fun to parody, and actually, the Nashville Predators gave me the idea when they tweeted an image where they were raising fake banners where it was like uh, bachelorette capital, hottest yeah. chicken. And I was like, they're on to something here. And I think I saw somebody else tweet like a funny one for another team. And I was like, done. I know yeah. what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I grossly underestimated the time it would take to make them. Oh, and man. so I was like frantically up to like 11 PM the one night. Cause like I said, I set deadlines for myself, which sure. like sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not because I end up like they're fake deadlines. Like they don't really matter, but like, I want to get content out. Right. Sure. And, and you want it to be relevant. So making that one, and it was just tough because you're trying to fit, you know, a recap or a summary in like, you know, not even a full sentence. So it was very, very difficult to make, but it was a lot of fun for me to make too. It was like when it, when I got that breakthrough, like I said, the Dallas stars was one of the hardest ones for me to capture. Uh-huh. And when I finally figured out what I wanted to say, it was like this great moment. I was so happy. <laughs> and then I was so happy when Dallas stars fans were like, yeah, that's totally like you nailed us. And I was like, yes, thank you. I did it. <laughs> the other one was the Anaheim ducks fans were like, they were split down the middle. Like half of them were like, cause I wrote most likely to collapse Yep. cause they yep. had started out the season pretty decent and half of them were like, yeah, I feel this. And the other half were like pissed. super pissed at me. Uh-huh. So 
So that one felt good. And some of them weren't, you know, they didn't age well, but they weren't supposed, it was supposed to capture what was happening in that exact moment or what had happened the season before. And the way it blew up, I just, you know, I had one video before that that had gone viral and I don't think you're ever really expecting a video to go viral. Do you know what I mean? You just put it out there. You hope it's good. You're proud of it. And you hope some people laugh at it. Um, So to see the reaction was really, really fun. It really was. How did you initially end up coming up with this idea of making these videos? And what is the process like since you are doing mostly everything on your own? Obviously, it's very time consuming. And how much goes into even just keeping track of every team on a weekly basis? Well, it's tough because last week my mom was in town and I really didn't keep up with a lot. And I already feel like I'm super out of the loop. Like just one week of not being super up to date. So, I I mean, I, I... pay attention to the news every day. And I think that just kind of keeps me in the loop more or less. And I really pay attention to what people like what the fans are saying. And I always say I joke, I read the comments. It's always they always tell you not to read the comments, but I do. So I read the comments to see what fans are talking about. And the the ideas for the video just came from the fact that I, I wanted to be a part of the conversation. I always knew I wanted to be a part of the conversation with sports and fans. And I really loved this message of like, the fan voice and sports are awesome. And fandom is this amazing thing. And the original messaging I was trying to do to get that message out there wasn't working. So I had to find a different way. It's always tough to like, think you have this great idea and it's just not resonating with anybody. And I was like, okay, it's not resonating. Like I got to let it go. I got to find another way. And that's, and that's kind of how it came to be. I, I, I needed to find a way to get the message out to people. And it's so funny because since I have changed that, the way I do videos and it's more about poking fun at fans, but still talking in the fan voice, I've been able to talk about my actual passions of fandom and sports and things like that more than I ever was before. So it's, it's definitely tough to change and it's definitely tough to like take a hard look at like your message and be like, Oh, it's just not hitting people. That sucks. But what do I do now? So it's really great to see it happening now. But it, it was a hard path to get there. I think it's really cool to hear your evolution of kind of trial and error and what worked and what didn't work. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think, you know, in our business, at least for Kayla and I, you try not to look at the comments all the time. But mm-hmm. for what you're doing in the audience that you're pinpointing, comments good or bad, I feel like <laughs> are in a way useful for you yeah. to look yeah. at to see what yeah. works and what doesn't work and what you can do better and you know like you said these videos are going viral thousands of likes you've been on the nhl network and other hockey outlets when you think about that for a second did you ever expect that this is what would have happened no i think the first time they invited me on the nhl network i (laughs) was just like whoa like you know it it was always just just, got real yeah (laughs) it was always like i wanted to you know talk about the things that i wanted to talk about with these networks. And I never imagined that they would ever be interested in it. And, you know, the one thing I always say is like the comments, I will always read them. And, you know, people cannot think it's funny. People can think it's cringy, whatever. That doesn't bother me because there's thousands of other people who love it. The one thing that matters to me is if I don't get a fan base, right. And so there's been a couple times where like, they were a little bit weak, But even still, fans felt like it was true. So like the most important thing to me is not whether or not people think it's, you know, not funny or whatever, because there's always going to be people who think it's not funny. That's why there's chocolate and vanilla. There's different flavors for everybody. But what matters is, did I get the team right? And if I do that, then I feel like I have succeeded. So that's, that's the important part. 
Okay. So, uh, we were just talking about this a couple of weeks ago, but, um, you just put out your recent video on the trade deadline, which I was rolling, especially uh, pouring in vodka yeah. uh, to a blender that's Ottawa Senators. Um, for a second, I just, I want your thoughts on the trade deadline and kind of like now a couple of weeks after, like who's winning right now? Yeah. So I think, honestly, a team that to me is exciting from the trade deadline is like the most boring thing, but the what the New York Rangers have done has been mm-hmm. really awesome. They are rebuilding in a way that I think that they could like now, mind you, it all depends on how players develop and everything, but they have positioned themselves the best way possible. Yeah. So that's, that's again, that's super boring because it has nothing to do with like the playoffs. Right. (laughs) um, (laughs) I think, and then the interesting case of course is Columbus and anytime you, yeah. Those are my boys, Julian. That was the first NHL cover team I covered. Yeah. It's tough. It's always tough to see that. And, I think it's easy to like for us to joke about it, but anytime you bring in that many different players, like, you know how awkward it is when you start a new job, even if it's the same line of work. I, you know, I used to work in customer service. I went from customer service to one job to another. It's still customer service in the similar industry, but you have new employees, new coworkers. So it just always takes time to adjust. It's just that like, they don't have a lot more time left to adjust. They really got to start not messing around. (laughs) You're exactly right. And it's so funny because I, I was up there for three years and I covered um, them when Torts came. I don't know if yeah. you've been able to really like, I'm sure you've listened to all of Torts's shenanigans. Yeah. Oh, it's um, hard not to. <laughs> he, he, I'm telling you, Jillian, he it's is the best. best coach I've ever covered. Hands oh, down. wow. Okay. I would, not, that, I would not have expected that, actually. Isn't that funny? Because I tell people that and they're like, I wanted to get your opinion because so many people see him and how he is in terms of like the things that go up viral. Right. Yeah. Um, but I, I tell you, he may be a better reporter. Um, oh, wow. And the day that's, that, that's awesome. Yeah. And the day that I left, I emailed him and I said, thank you so much for teaching me to be a better reporter for making me ask the tougher questions. Jillian, he emailed me back with the most genuine response, said this Aww. was the nicest email I've ever got. So I always love to like, put it out there that like torts has another side to him. Yeah. Um, Cause he, he's really like actually a really cool dude. You I mean, you have to think that like at some level he has to be, because if you only see the parts that go viral, right. Nobody right. would ever want to work for him and he wouldn't be a successful coach. Right. So right. there always has to be the other side. It's just, I've never heard it. So that is very nice. <laughs> to hear. You could do a whole video on just, I was just going to say in a press conference, right? <laughs> so, it's so funny when I, I made a video for the NHL at the very beginning of the season and we were doing something and we had like a little bit of a segment that kind of was very much Tortorella and they were uh-huh. like, yeah, we should probably cut this just because it's a little too much. Like this is are safe and sorry here. I'm like valid, very valid. Right. Yeah. It's, it's nice though, having those personalities in the sport. Um, I yeah. really wanted to quickly ask you about Nashville since I'm here covering Nashville now. And um, I want your opinions just on this team. And right now they're, they're, they're struggling to find that consistency, um, even with some of their new acquisitions at the trade deadline. Everybody thinks like they're waiting to turn it on, but then there are some people that are truly worried. I mean, what's your thoughts? You watch the Preds. You've seen a lot yeah, of Preds. I always think that there's a, like, if you're feeling like, just trust your gut, right? So it yeah. does feel a little off. Something doesn't mm-hmm. feel quite right, which is kind of a bummer because they have the pieces. They really do. I mean, the scary, the scariest team obviously is Tampa. Oh, um, yeah. But, and I always say you want to go into the playoffs 
feeling good. You don't want to go in there stumbling because it always feels like that carries into. So right now I'm, I'm, I don't like to be negative about Nashville yeah. because I love that I have Wayne Simmons, but that's, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, I, and I, you know, I love LaViolette. He's one of my favorite coaches. It's, it is a little bit frustrating because it just feels like they're, they're missing something like ineffable quality. Like yeah. I just can't quite put my finger on it. Mm-hmm. And they, to me, they need to find that whether it's the last two games of the season, you yeah. just need to go into the playoffs. Great. You need to go yes. in there. You don't, don't, don't keep stumbling in there. Get back in the first in the central, get back into that position and don't stumble into there. Feel confident about it. Yeah. Um, it's, it is, you know, the GM did everything that he could do to put the pieces into place. So it's a little bit frustrating to see it not totally feeling great, but it could be a similar thing to Columbus where you, you, you added some new pieces, trying to figure things out, trying to really hone in what that is before you get to the playoffs. And again, if they can get into the playoffs and they can knock it out of the park in the first round, but like you saw last year against the Avs in the first oh, round. Yeah, it was a struggle. You, you just knew, you just knew yeah, this team did. didn't have it, yeah. whether or not you wanted to t- really believe that or not, but you could, you could see it on the, on social media that the yeah. people were feeling weird about the team. And so, yes, yeah, so if they can get into the playoffs a little bit hotter, that'd be great, but you can really tell in the first round whether yeah. or not the team can turn it on because that's how it happens in the playoffs is, yeah. you know, sometimes some team just gets randomly hot. Their goalie right. stops everything. And Nashville has that pot that they have everything there to turn it on. They just need to do it. Yep. Well, Jillian, before we let you go, now that you've you've got something good going with these videos <laughs> and and they're getting more and more successful yeah. every week, moving forward with these videos and other projects that you're doing, what are your goals to kind of keep keep this train moving? Yeah, so the short term is to find a way to make money on my own. Like I would love to work obviously for the NHL or NHL Network or NBC. But it, when you do that, they, they have a brand that they have to protect. And I totally respect that. So it gets a little bit difficult because the jokes I make, you know, you can't go for NBC Sports and yeah. pour a bottle of vodka into a blender. Um, <laughs> no, I you just can't. Um, and, I, and I totally respect that. And that's what's kind of, I think, why people take to the videos is because they are authentic. So to find that way, whether it's through a partnership, brand deals, whatever it may be, short term and to kind of keep building on the content I'm creating. I would like to get more complicated or not even more complicated, but just more, more complex. You know, the, the, the short quick hits are really fun, but also I think what keeps people around is showing that you're more than just that one thing. Yeah. Uh, and the long term, you know, the long term, I hope somebody else comes along in long term and also makes fun videos for hockey fans, because that would be awesome for me just to, you know, have somebody else there and work with somebody else as well. And the long term, I think, is also, you know, you're thinking long term, like 10 to 15 years. I'd love to be telling fan stories in a fun way, in a more document documentary yeah. um, way to do it. Mm-hmm. So it's the best. Again, that's 10 years. I, I always have like these short term and long term goals. I, I always want to stick to what people love at some level. So the, the humor, the quick hitting is always super important. But showcasing more personalities in the long term would be awesome. Would you yeah. ever get involved in other sports or or do you think you just stay in hockey? Yeah, I would I would love to do other sports. Definitely soccer because that is something that yeah. you know I really have as I was an adult I really fell in love with again. Um and I think in general fandom and like hockey fans are really unique and they're really, really passionate. And I would like to keep always keep that root, obviously, because that is 
what the sport that speaks to me the most, but I think there's no, nothing wrong with, you know, tapping into some other markets as well. Well, you have been, first of all, so refreshing uh, just (laughs) to have somebody like this, not only on our podcast, but just that's, you know, out in the sports world right now. And so we appreciate you, you know, taking the time to come on here and, and share your story, because I think sometimes, you know, point of our podcast is to get people's stories out there because not everybody knows the background, you know, and appreciates yeah. what people have gone to to get to the point where they are. So uh, we loved having you on. If Thank you. to people out there who want to look and keep up with social media and you really should, I'm highly encouraging it. <laughs> where do they go? Yeah, um, on social media across all platforms, it's Fisher Jillian. I always say the original Jillian Fisher stole all the the Jillian Fisher, so I'm, I'm all Fisher Jillian. Uh, I'm really active on Twitter. I do a lot of fun stuff on Instagram stories, Facebook, and YouTube. So wherever you are, I will find a way to reach you. You just got to come follow me on one of them. I yeah. have to ask. I have to ask before yeah. we go. How much do you love Gritty? Oh, oh, you boy. know I love Gritty. You know I love Gritty. He's my babe. He I said like the best thing that happened in sports. <laughs> so I have a fun video I'm doing next week that will involve me asking people about Gritty. Yeah. Uh, because I have a theory about Gritty. Um, so we'll see how that turns out. It's It'll be similar to the one where I went around Nashville and I asked people <laughs> if they knew who, who yeah. <laughs> if I knew who these hockey superstars were. So, oh, I love Gritty. He is amazing. I, and he'll, I'll never tire of him. You need to follow, everyone needs to follow Gritty on social oh, media. Yeah. 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 A thousand percent. The best thing More you'll ever do. <laughs> um, well, we appreciate it, Jillian. And we uh, look forward to kind of just following your career and hopefully we can have you on sometime down the line. Definitely. Just let me know. It was a pleasure being here. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Jillian. Thank you. The first weekend of the NCAA tournament is the greatest betting event of the year. Whether you like filling out a bracket, picking a national champion, predicting first round upsets or all of the above, my bookie is the perfect home for your March Madness fun. Will Zion Williamson and his teammates cement their legacy at Duke with a title? Can Virginia get past its loss to a 16 seed last year? And can Kentucky get back to the Final Four? If you know the answers, or even if you don't, my bookie is the place to get in on the action. They have something for everyone, even you, multiple bracket guy. My bookie has been in business for years. Their goal is to give you the best customer service in the business. And the best part is they pay out fast when you win. I'm talking 48 hours. Bet with the best, then kick back and enjoy March Madness while you watch your picks cash. Deposit with MyBookie today with promo code BLUEWIRE for a 50% sign-up bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. With MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. All right, guys, we've got an announcement to make. Blue Wire is teaming up with Harry's to make sure our listeners are shaving comfortably. Go to harrys.com backslash blue wire to save $10 on a value trial set, which includes five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. You get all of that for just $3 shipped right to your door. Enough with the cheap razors, it's totally worth trying Harry's. Harry's has fixed shaving by combining a simple, clean design with quality and durable blades at a fair price. Harry's founders were tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned. Harry's bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making quality blades for over 95 years. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. 
claim your trial offer by going to harrys.com backslash bluewire. Now, all of Harry's Blades comes with a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. Again, make sure you go to harrys.com backslash bluewire to redeem your razor for $3. So we told you guys you were in for a treat, so I hope you enjoyed it because Jillian is one of a kind. I just love the way that she goes about her job and it's such a different way to look at things. And a lot of the times we don't get to tell the fans stories and we don't get to see the fans perspective, but guess what? The fans are the ones that are paying money to go to these games. They're the ones that make sports happen. So it's important for their stories and their perspectives to get out. And she is being able to relay that. And I think it's genius. I thought it's great. She found just the right way to reach people, you know, yeah. through through these videos. And if you haven't watched them, you have to go watch them. They're so funny. And like we said earlier, that's what it's all about. You know, she's clearly having fun. She has a passion and she has approached it and achieved that and established a message in a way that works for her. And it's clearly working and it's sticking and people like it. I love it. I think it's great. She's she's very authentic. She's not apologizing by being herself. And, and I really like that. And I also liked, while she's not apologizing for being herself and doing, you know, what she does, which is, you know, sometimes poking a little fun at the fan bases, but that's what makes it so great. But at the same time, she says she does care, though. And the most important thing about her videos that she makes is she wants to get the fan bases exactly right. Yep. And I thought that was so cool because in our jobs, we want to make sure that we're getting our interviews exactly right, right and that we're getting out, you know, whatever story we're putting out there exactly right. And for her and, you know, these things that is these videos that are taking off, she's like, my big thing is I want to get these fans and their fan base is like exactly right. I think that was great because she still cares. Like she looks at the comments, you know, and makes yep. sure she's not like completely, you know, out of line with what she's saying. So I thought that was cool too. Well, when she said that, when she said, I want to get the fan bases just right, I didn't even think of that and how difficult mm -hmm. that has to be. I mean, oh my God, yeah. obviously for work, she had been traveling prior and visiting right. places because I feel like there's no other way to fully capture a fan base unless you're there. And, you know, we even talked about this, Jillian and I, just talking about Philly fans. Everyone right. has this outside perspective, but unless you're there and experience it, you're not going to get it right. You know, you no. you have this one, I guess, stereotype of what Philly fans are like, but it's the kind of place you'd have to go and feel it out for yourself to, sure. really, to really pinpoint it. No, absolutely. And that's what's so cool about her job is because she, you know, goes and travels the world. Like she said, she lived in Spain and she's been to so many venues. I mean, if you look at her uh, website and you see you know, either her website or Twitter or Instagram, you'll see like all the places she's been. You've seen really the venues she's been to in terms of hockey so it's like she goes and actually experiences it. It's not like she's just like watching on TV and saying, okay, that's what that fan base is like. No, she's like checking it out. Right. And not a lot of people are able to do that. So again, if you haven't checked out her work, please, please, please go check it out on a Twitter 
Um, she puts out all the videos up there and she also has her Instagram page and her website. So uh, I'm just so, I'm so glad she took the time to join us. Yeah, definitely. And she's a Philly girl. So, and she's a Philly girl, man. We, uh, we have a lot of Philly people on this podcast. Or, or it's just Philly connections. Like Cole, where he said where they lived when he, he played. played in Philly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's crazy. Yeah. Love it. And then we had obviously Molly Sullivan, yeah. who's a Philly girl who's lived in Philly and, you know, obviously done sports there. Uh, we have another person coming up on the podcast that has Philly connections. Yep. I'm not going to spoil anything yet, but just saying. Sometimes I feel like maybe I was like in another lifetime born there, you know? <laughs> once you, like, once you met I, me, you just... Yeah, I'm like, maybe I was like, you know, once, maybe in a lifetime before I was like a Philly person. <laughs> you say sometimes I'd fit in there. I, yeah, I think I think you would like it a lot. You know? Yeah. I'm a diehard when it comes to sports, so at least I'd get that right. Oh, yeah. So we have so many more things to get to in terms of, you know, our guests in the future. And I'm excited because we just keep – we grab guests, and I I guess we're big planners, both Elle and I are, but we don't really always just, like, say, hey, this is going to be the guest on this week. Sometimes we just don't know. And it's kind of exciting for us, too, because somebody pops up and we're like, oh – like we were looking forward to maybe getting them like a couple weeks out and then, then they're ready to go. And so we've got some good ones coming up, but for people out there who haven't subscribed yet um, or followed us, where can they go to do that? Yeah. So if you're listening right now on iTunes, just click that subscribe button. Please leave a rate or review. We love to hear what you think. We love getting feedback. Yeah. We haven't got, we haven't gotten like a rate or review lately. So give us some, let us, let us know what peeps. you're thinking. And then on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Press Pass Pod. That's a, that's a tough one right there. Press Pass, Press Pass Pod. On Instagram and Twitter, please give us a follow. We are always announcing our new guests, and we love to hear from you. Awesome. Well, that'll do it for this week. I need to go blow my nose. Um, so <laughs> hopefully I won't, I won't very have cute. this. Yeah, very cute. I, I won't have this pulled next week. Maybe Ella will have it. We'll see. But oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks for, of course, listening. <laughs> and I hope you enjoyed our guest this week. Go follow. Go subscribe. Until then, we'll see you next week right here. Same place.